And there were many doubters in the church. They were saying, why on earth are we baptizing an eight-year-old girl? But somehow God had a calling on her life. And when she was baptized, uh, yes, she got into her mischief. We saw her around Montreal in church with her friends and so forth. But she stayed in. She never left. She stayed in the church. When she fell down, she fell down in the church. Right? When she messed up, she messed up in the church. It is better to fall in the church rather than outside the church. Amen? And then later on, when she finished up high school, she had this thought about going to Oakwood College and pursuing pastoral ministry. And everyone scratched their head and said, why is this teenager thinking? A girl, you know, back in the, in the 90s, why on earth is she going to school, right? And they, crashed, they scratched their heads on that. And she didn't have any money as well. But by faith, she got into a truck with uh, some saints and they brought her down to Oakwood College. She didn't even know if she was gonna stay or not. But we serve a God that is able. God came through on time. And Pastor Michelle Clark went through uh, Oakwood College and she graduated with honors. And then after she had the thought of going to the seminary, and still others doubted. Uh, but by God's grace, she went through. And she came through on the other side successfully. And then when she finished the seminary, she came back to Montreal and we were about to start a mission. Uh, this gift that God has given us in Montreal, uh, a church that was, uh, um, we call it the worship center. Uh, a church where, uh, where young people from all walks of life, street people from all walks of life, they, they gravitate to this church. And they came for one of the first crusade. In fact, I want to tell you that I was gearing up to do a crusade in the church. The first crusade in, in the month of uh, October, I think it was 2008. And um, just then the Holy Ghost tapped me on the shoulder and says, uh, we have a speaker in our midst. And I called um, Pastor Michelle Clark and I said, you know, I want you to do a crusade. And she did this crusade. And I asked her, you know, what is the theme of this crusade? And she said, stand. I said, excuse me, what are you saying? She says, stand. And I said, the name of the crusade is gonna be named Stan? She said, yeah, Stan. And so the Stan crusade rolled into town. The young people, young and old, gravitated around. And I am telling you that the Lord used our preacher today to give an assault on the enemy's camp. It started a revival. Young people started coming to church and young ladies start seeing their worth. Young men start seeing truly their calling and old and young and everyone gravitated and it was a powerful crusade. Many souls won to Christ. And I've seen our preacher as humble as she is. 
She grew in stature and God used her in such an amazing way. I've seen God working in this young lady's life. And when you hear her preach, you know that there is a calling and this is not anything of man. It is of God. And I'm humbled to say that we have a powerful, and we say a three-point shooter. Now, this is a double message. You know, basketball, when the Miami Heat are the Lakers, you know, drop those three points, right? Three, drain those three points. She's a gifted player as well, basketball player. But the three points, three points in the message, three points, uh, the Lord has gifted her as a powerful speaker. And I want you to know that the lady that stands before you today, she is not capable. She is not able. But she recognizes that God is able. And she recognizes that God is capable. And we are going to hear the words of God flow, flow through her mouth today. And I'm asking you to pray for her as she begins this uh, morning into this afternoon, this evening, Sunday night, right throughout Skip Thursday, on to next Sabbath. You are, we are, about to experience a powerful blessing. Amen? Amen. And so we want you to stay tuned for the best is yet to come. After we have heard from our prayer, uh, from our choir, rather, the next voice that we will hear is that of Pastor Michelle Clark.
Bless the Lord. Oh, you could do better than that. Bless the Lord. All my soul and all that is within me, bless his holy name. He's God. There's no one like him. No one above him, no one beside him. He's God all by himself. Did he wake you up this morning? Did he put food on your table? Has he been paying your bills on time? Oh, he gets all the glory. He deserves all the praise. I want you to give God some praise today. Give God some praise. It's not me, but give God, your God, our God, some worthy praise because he does so much for us. Oh, if I had 10,000 tongues, it wouldn't be enough for me to say thank you. Thank God that he loves us despite of who we, despite who we are, he loves us. Despite what we do, he loves us. And that's enough to give him glory this morning. Lord, we love you and we praise you. I just wanna let you know right now that I am so pleased and I am so geeked about being in Las Vegas. <laughs> Not for the gambling. Not because it's Sin City. <laughs> but because I've always seen it on TV. <laughs> and I've seen the bright lights and I can't believe I'm here. Praise God. And most importantly, I'm in the house of God. I'm in, in abundant light. Seventh-day Adventist Church. So I just want to bless God. Bless God for being here. You guys have shown me such warmth, such friendliness as I hit the door. I was uh, welcomed with a smile. So I just, and of course I had a tour guide with Sister McDavid and, and I just, I want to say thank you. Thank you for your hospitality thus far. Um, I also want to mention something that, uh, you just have a wonderful man of God Amen. here at Abundant Life. You know, we definitely have a hole since he's, he's left. We have a hole in Montreal uh, since he's left. And uh, we just want to let you know that you are just so blessed. Amen. There's so much, there's so many, so many more things to come for abundant life because this man is a man of vision. He's a man of vision. He sees beyond, you know, what people see. You know, he sees the possibilities. And they're not of him, they're of God. So you are blessed abundant life. You are definitely blessed, and you're blessed to have a wonderful first lady, too, in Sister Anne-Marie, you know, and uh, you've also acquired a very special girl, gifted, outspoken young lady, and you will see more of her as, you know, time goes by. I, I, I heard that she, has, she, she sang for you. She prays. She has prayed for you. She's such a bright young lady. 
Anyway, so I just want to say that you're blessed. You're blessed, abundant life. You're blessed. So don't take him for granted now, because we'll take him right back. <laughs> so without further ado, and I just want to say thank you to the choir. You set the mood. Thank you for uh, the pastor's uh, introduction, kind words. Thank you so much. So without further ado, let us go to the word. Amen. Can you see very well? Mm. Well, we'll do our best. Is this thing on? Yes, it's on. Praise the Lord. Turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew 13. What book did I say? Verses 24 to 30. And we'll read together. And it says, another parable he put forth to them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among them, among the wheat, and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tears? He said to them, An enemy has done this. The servants said to him, Do you want us to then go or then to go and gather them up? But he said, No lest while you gather up the tares, also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. The title for, this, mess, uh, uh, for this, this message is The Unusual Suspects. The Unusual Suspects. Let's bow our heads to pray. Dear kind and everlasting Father, Lord, we do give you glory. We do give you praise, honor due to your most excellent name. Now, Lord, we ask that you speak to our hearts, Lord, words of life to the dying, words, Lord God, that will give peace, Lord God, who are, to those who are troubled. And Lord, I pray that your word may not go back to you void, but Lord God, that something may stir in the hearts of your people, something may stir 
them to change, to transform into your likeness. We love you and we, we praise you. We also want to pause here to mention Brother Glenn Rawls, who couldn't be here today. You are the great physician, and we ask that you administer your healing hand, as well as for Alexis Elise Gordon. Please, Lord God, show up and show out for them in a mighty way. Manifest yourself strong for them. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. When investigating a crime, y'all watch CSI? Criminal Minds? Well, when investigating a crime, depending on the crime, investigators often create a profile. Am I right about it? They create a profile of the criminal and they, that they're pursuing. And if it is a blue-collar crime, you know what a blue-collar crime is, right? Which is normally a violent uh, or, or a murderous crime, like rape, abduction, armed robbery. They are looking for the usual suspects, right? And, it, and this goes the same way for the white-collared cr criminals as well. You know, white-collar crimes aren't like blue-collared crimes. White-collar crimes uh, uh, entails uh, fraud, embezzlement. Y'all remember Enron of 2001, right? Where mil uh, um, shareholders lost billions, not just millions, billions of dollars. And uh, the, their president almost was impeached due to this. And they normally look, you know, they normally wear the white collar, right? Amen. And the usual suspects look like them. Now, the unusual suspects <laughs> is someone you would never suspect for a crime. Am I right about it? Friends and neighbors and, and colleagues associated with them uh, when describing the unusual suspect will often say, this is unthinkable. How can this happen? She was the school valedictorian. She was top of her class. This is puzzling. He was captain of the debate team. He was a leader. He was respectable. How could he commit such a heinous crime? People are always puzzled by the unusual suspects simply because they judge based on appearances. Huh? Things seem fine or appear to be normal on the outside, but people don't understand what's going on on the inside. In Matthew 13, 24 to 30, the disciples are puzzled about this particular parable and they want it explained, as it says in verse 36, because it, 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 I guess it touches them to a core. It bothers them. And, and my sanctified guess is that they see or recognize themselves in this parable. 
And let me tell you, it should disturb us as well. Amen, somebody? Because we too can recognize ourselves in this parable. Out of all eight, it bothered the disciples because they saw themselves in this parable. So let's go to the context, shall we? A farmer plants a wheat field. He uses good seed and plants the crop expecting a good harvest. However, while he and his servants slept, his enemy entered his field and planted tears among the wheat. Now what are tears? Huh? Does that look like weeds to you? Huh? But they are weeds. And they go by the name bearded darnel. In the early stages of its development, it looks exactly like wheat. Hmm. It is only when the plant has matured and the kernels have formed in the head of the genuine wheat plant that the two plants can be told one from the other. Let me go back. Can you see the difference? Yes. You can see the difference. <laughs> the bottom line is this. The wheat has fruit in its head. Huh? Are you hearing me out there? While the head of the tears are filled with little black toxic seeds. So the field looks good to the farmer, and the farmer is getting all excited about his crop and, and, and how, how abundant it's growing, abundantly it's growing. It seems that there's, there's, there's more wheat growing than he expected. However, as the harvest grows nearer, it became apparent that there were tears among the wheat. The servants discovered the tears and, and, and came to tell the master about the problem. You see, you see, they were able to tell the difference now because as the wheat develops and the kernels grow inside the head of the wheat plant, the weight of the kernels causes the wheat to bend, making uh, uh, the, the head appear to be bowing to the earth. The tares, on the other hand, have light heads. And they continue to stand straight and tall. The servant sees the problem and offers to pull up the tares, but the master, knowing that the roots of the tares have intertwined with those with the wheat, forbids them. He says, no, 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 no. No, no, leave them there. Leave them there because you may uproot the wheat with the tear. He counsels to, to them, let them grow together. Huh? Let them grow together and at the harvest, I will bind up the tears together to be burned and I will gather the wheat in my barn. In explaining this parable, Jesus gives his disciples and, and us, amen, the identities of those involved in this parable. The sower is who, everybody? 
right, is Jesus Christ. The good seed is the gospel of grace. The one who sowed tears is who? The wheat are those who are God's people. The tares are the ones who belong to who? And by the way, are the ones who have the appearance of salvation. The tares are those in the church who appear to have it together. They act all upright, sound upright, because uh, 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 they can quote all the Bible scriptures and all those red books. Huh? But are, uh, but are in truth deceived about their own salvation. The tares are those who expect to go to heaven, but are, are in reality are on their way to a different place. The Bible says the tares are only good for one thing. Now, what is the purpose of this message? We're talking about reclaiming. Am I right about it? Well, we have to make God's house a house that is worthy for those coming back. Amen. We have to clean up house. Amen? Amen. Judgment becomes, be, begins where? So, you may ask me now, now, you know, what is the purpose of my message? Well, Paul commanded the Corinthians to examine yourself as to whether you are what? In the faith. Test yourselves. Therefore, brethren, and also Peter also says, therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your what? Call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. It's a call to examine ourselves. Are you wheat or are you tears? Someone might say, well, preacher, I believe I'm all right with Jesus. Me and God are just fine. You could hop on the next flight all the way back to Montreal. There's nothing wrong with me. I don't need this message. But let me tell you, the Bible also says in 1 Corinthians 10, 12, therefore let him that thinks he stands take heed lest what? Lest he falls. Examine yourself. Some people, we, we, listen, we preach time and time again. And some people fold their arms and look to their neighbor and says, I hope he's listening. And never say this message is for me. Examine yourselves. Oh, let me tell you, people often think they're wheat, but they're acting like tares. So allow me to share three brief points with you. Three points <laughs> with you. Showing the commonalities of the wheat, but also showing you the differences of the wheat and tares. Number one, the Bible will show 
that they were what? Both planted together. Hmm? Both the wheat and the tares shared the, shared the, com, the same or the, a common experience. They were planted. The difference in the experience is revealed in two different ways, two very important ways. Number one, who the, 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 first of all, the character of the seed. What was the seed? Obviously, the wheat seed produced what? Duh. Good seed, amen. While the tears produce what? Bad seed. On a spiritual level, because we're not just going to keep it on the surface, but on the spiritual level, seed, the seed is the thing that we place our faith in. Are you hearing me? For instance, the genuine believer, the seed is the gospel of grace. The truly born again Christian is trusting in Jesus Christ and him only, huh, for their salvation. The tares, on the other hand, may be trusting in any number of things for their salvation. Are you hearing me out there? It all comes down to where you place your faith. For your salvation. What are you trusting in? Hmm? There are uh, many of us, or there may be, maybe not in abundant life, but there may be someone who depends on their church for their salvation. They may say, well, I've been seven-day Adventist all my life. My mama was a seven-day Adventist. My grandmother was a seven-day Adventist. My great-grandparents were seven-day Adventists. I was dedicated in this church. Huh? I know the truth. But this cannot assure you of salvation. A tear, a tear might say, regarding the doctrines that they place their faith in. Oh, I know the Trinity. I know that doctrine left, right, and center. But the difference between a tear and a wheat, wheat says, thank God for the blood of Jesus. Thank God for the Father who sent his Son, and thank God for the Holy Spirit that is sanctifying me daily. Are you hearing me out there? Oh, a tear might say, well, uh, I know the sanctuary message. I know exactly where every furniture goes. I can locate it. I know what is in the inner court, the outer court, and, and, and all kinds of court. And I can take you to court for it. But a wheat is saying, thank God for interceding on my sinful behalf. Are you getting the picture here? Huh? Where do you place your, listen, a tear would say, I'm going to be a part of the 144,000. The wheat, on the other hand, will say, thank God I'm just counted in that number that no man can number. Oh, praise God. I'm glad there's some amens in here. Many people believe that it's the truth that saves us. 
Are you hearing me out there? The truth that we know, huh? And many of us are, are misinformed about what truth really is, huh? We believe that as long as we know those 28 fundamental beliefs, and we know about church heritage, and, and we teach Sabbath school, and demonstrate our knowledge, huh? That I'm in the right direction. That's, that's the way we believe. But that's not what it takes. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and life. You have to know that truth. You have to know the truth personally. Amen? What we need to understand is that salvation only comes to a heart that has been convicted of sin and that has genuinely repented. The question that must be answered today is, where is your faith? Is it in what you know? The information is what I'm saying. Or is it, or is it in Jesus Christ, the hope of glory. It must be in the gospel. That's the death, the resurrection of Christ, the anointing work, and Calvary. Your faith is in vain if it's not in Jesus Christ. Amen. Be sure your faith is in the right one. The next difference between the seeds, I'm talking about the planting of the seeds. I mean, the next difference between the, the wheat and the tear is in the character of the sower. Who sowed the seed? Amen? Oops, I went too far. Uh, the good seed was sown by the owner of the field. The tares were sown by his enemy. Why did the enemy do this? Why would he do this? Obviously, it was in an effort to ruin the crop, and ultimately, it was an attack on the farmer. Satan is in the business of sowing tears among the Lord's wheat. Why? Well, he knows that if he can place enough artificial among the genuine, then he can devastate the entire crop. Satan is in the business of undoing anything that the Lord does and does well. If he can fill the church with as many tears, then he can do and he could do terrible damage. If he can mix enough goats among the sheep, then he can disrupt the harmony and the blessedness of God's church. Whenever there's church trouble, you know that tares are present and accounted for. You can almost bank that they're there. Satan knows that uh, enough if, if he can have enough tears in the church, it will give the church a bad reputation. It will repel those on the outside to, from coming in to the Lord's house. Let me tell you, tears, I must say, tears can only imitate for so long then their true nature will come out. For instance, just take a position 
in the church from a tear. And you sure enough will see the tear in the tear. In fact, he'll tear you up and make you tear. Not only that, go to a board meeting. Oh, am I, am I, am I, am I driving in somebody's driveway today? You see a lot of tears showing up and showing out. True colors. Be careful not to be a tear. Praise God. The other point I want to make is both grew and develop together. Let both grow together until the harvest, the Bible says. Now, this is interesting. Both the wheat and the tares grew. As the wheat grew, so the tares grew alongside them, naturally. And they did everything the wheat did, and they looked good doing it. So in their activities, they were similar. I think it's pretty obvious that people who have surrendered their lives to God, they're growing with the Lord, they're growing with the, in the Bible, and, 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 and they're staying in church, they're staying in the Bible, and staying in, their, in prayer, then, and, and God is prospering them in the gospel. However, did you know that it is possible for the lost church member, the tear to grow in the things of the Lord too. Take the Bible, for instance. In 1 Corinthians 2.14, it says, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Now, you can read your Bible all your life. And because you are not spiritual, that Bible can have no effect. The Bible says that natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit. Preachers can preach till the cows come home. And you'll forever see the tear looking to the side, their neighbor, and saying that message is for them and not The word can have no effect on a tear, even though they may know everything there is to know. Are you hearing me out there? Huh? They sit under the preacher hmm, where truth and Bible are explained and made clear. That person can certainly understand the Bible and probably can explain. They can memorize it and know all the stories. They can possess all the activities of, gen of the genuine believer. The tears in the church sing in the choir. They serve as deacon and deaconesses. Huh? They, they, they serve as Sabbath school teachers. They attend faithfully and come to prayer meeting. Hmm? They even stand in the pulpit and preach. But just because they have all the activities 
of the wheat, that does not mean they're real or they're authentic. Indeed, pray. Not only are they similar in their activities, but appearances as well. Not only do they grow alongside the wheat, but like I said, they look just like them. Uh-oh. <laughs> That's okay. Forget it. <laughs> uh, they are impossible to tell one from another. If you had wheat in your hand and a piece and a tear, uh, you wouldn't be able with your naked eye to see see the differences that's the way things are in the church hmm? come on somebody we cannot tell the difference between the genuine or and the artificial the tears in the church dress right they talk right they walk right they give every appearance of being saved sanctified and holy ghost filled if you examine a real christian and a tear together you could not tell them apart and that's why we must never judge a book by its cover so when you see somebody coming in the church with green hair with spikes coming through their nose, coming out through their nose. You can't judge a book by its cover. There'll be a lot of surprises in heaven. Come on, somebody. So, the tares act like wheat. They look like wheat. But this is where the similarities end. One thing the tear cannot do, the tear cannot produce fruit. If you were to open the head of a, a wheat plant, you would find it filled with these wheat kernels. Huh? And if you open the head of a tear, you would find it filled with tiny black toxic seeds. One thing the tear could never produce is long-lasting fruit. So it is with tears in the church. Come on, somebody. They give all the external appearances of being the real deal. They look right, act right, talk right. Hmm? But when you get right down to it, there is no fruit in their life. What do you mean by fruit? Bible says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. Oh, there's some church members you can't get love. A lot of haters in God's church. <laughs> Joy. Some of us walk through the doors of God's church with their heads down low and they have scowled faces. Can't get a smile out of them. No joy. Peace. They worry about everything. No faith. Faithless. 
long-suffering, and that's just another word for patience, has, they have no patience for the saints. Huh? They be cutting up, giving lip, getting angry quick. Gentleness. Ooh, Lord have mercy. Goodness. Faith. Meekness. Proud people up in God's church. Temperance. Oh, Lord have mercy. No self-control. Listen, wheat produce fruit. While tears produce nothing. If you are a tear, you might give all the external appearance of being a Christian. But don't let what you look like, huh? And the things that you do be the basis of your assurance in Jesus Christ. Be sure your faith in Jesus Christ, in, in him only. Make, make sure you have faith in Christ and not in yourself. It is interesting to note the response of the farmer when he was asked about the removal of the tears. He counseled, uh, 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 he, his counsel was to allow them both to grow together until the harvest. Why? Because the roots of the tears would intertwine with those of the wheat and if the tears were pulled out, guess what would happen? The wheat would be uprooted as well. The picture here is you and I cannot really tell the difference between the genuine and the artificial. Are you hearing me out there? If we set ourselves up as judges, huh, and start trying to weed out those we think we, that may be tears, we will certainly pull up some of the wheat. Are you hearing me out there? Judging between the real and the false. Listen, you're not God. God is judge. So what? She may wear her skirt up past her knees. Let me tell you. Yes, that may be all she has. But let me tell you, we're all works in progress. God is not finished with each and every one of us yet. And she may be on a different spiritual level than you. But God is bringing her to a point. Oh, he may be wearing his pants sagged under his butt. I hate to see it. I really do. But God is not through with him yet. We need to possess patience, love. Huh? Meekness. Kindness. Mm. You're not the Holy Spirit. You're not God. Bible says, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature because I have refused him. For the Lord does what? He does not See as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks where? 
I thank God that the Lord doesn't judge me based upon what I look like, but he bases his love on who I am. He loves me despite myself. He sees what nobody else sees. He sees my future because he's alpha and omega. So he, when he looks at me, he looks at what I could potentially be. That's why we can't judge based on appearances, people. And that's one thing. In this church, I think it's a global problem. Everywhere I have visited, I've seen it happen. As soon as people come through the doors, they're judged based on their appearance. They're judged based on their human sight. They can't see past the person's sad pants. They can't see past their pierced ears. They can't see past the short skirt and the cleavage and the tightness of their, their apparel. They can't see it. But thank God. Thank God that he sees beyond what we see. He looks at the heart. Thank God. Again, let me caution you about playing the Holy Spirit. You're not the Holy Spirit. You'll never be the Holy Spirit. What you should do is concern yourself with yourself. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Make sure you're not wheat. I mean, make sure you're not a tear. But make sure you are a wheat. So they were both planted together. They grew together. And lastly, they were processed together. Bible says, first gather together the tears and bind them in bundles to burn them. But gather the wheat into my barn. Process is the separation. It's the separating time. Eventually, the day of harvest arrived. The reapers were sent into the field to gather the tears first and then the wheat. How could they tell the difference now? It is easy at this stage because as the wheat matures, the head becomes filled with kernels, filled with fruit, and the weight of the kernels causes the stalk of the wheat to bend towards the ground. The seeds in the head of the tares, however, uh, this allows the tares to stand tall. The picture here is clear. As a genuine believer grows in the Lord, he tends to become more humble before the presence of God. But the tears, on the other hand, will stand high in pride, tall in pride, and go to hell clinging on their pride. When harvest time came, they were both gathered, but they had both vastly different ends. These plants were bound together, allowed to dry, and were used much like kindling. I'm talking about the tears. 
They were fit for nothing but the fire. If the tears uh, uh, were accidentally eaten, the seeds and the tears, if they were accidentally eaten, they can cause nausea and dizziness. Doesn't that sound much like a, a church tear? They make you sick. Yeah, they do. Pastor, come on. You know? So what does God need them for? They're only fit for the fire. The wheat, however, they're gathered and taken into the barn. And here they would be processed for human consumption and maybe even sold for profit. Are you getting the picture here? God uses wheat. Wheat God can profit from. God can nourish the dying with wheat. God can fill his barns with, with wheat and they will have plenty. It's usefulness. But tears are useless. So, when Jesus comes, will you be counted as wheat or as tear? Because let me tell you, the harvest is going to come. And if you have been living your life as a tear thus far, I'm finished now, by the way. You can be replanted by the husbandman, Jesus. you know you've been living your life as a tear your faith is in the wrong things you're depending upon the fact that you're in this church that you know the 28 fundamentals fundamental beliefs huh you know how to teach them you know even how to preach them if you've been depending on that for your salvation, examine yourself. You're a tear. And now is the time to put, or I should say, get into the right direction with Jesus Christ. And I'm, this appeal is for the church members first. So church members, Look in the mirror, the spiritual mirror. And if you think you've been living your life as a tear, and you want God to replant his seed in your life, 
so that you can grow as wheat and be useful to him? I want you to stand. If you want God to replant his seed in your life so that you can live your life as a wheat, as, as God's man, God's woman, please stand. Now, this goes for those who may not have been in the church and you came out of curiosity. And the message, the Holy Spirit struck something in your heart. Because I believe that God planted something in your heart for you to come. So, if God has done that, and you want to grow in his grace, you want to grow and prosper in his presence, you want, your, you want to answer the call he has placed in your life, I'm asking you to stand. Is there anybody like that in the room? Now, for those who just stood, I want to pray for you. I want to I offer up a special prayer for you. So I want you to come forward. I'm going to pray for the tears as well. I'm joking. But I want to pray for those who have been on the outside for so long. And you've heeded the call. God has planted something in your heart and you want it to grow. Don't stifle it. I want to pray for you. Come. If that's you today, I want to pray for you. Are you here today? Okay. Let's bow our heads, church. They're kind and everlasting, Father. Lord, for so long, Father God, we've behaved like tears. We acted like tears, Lord God. We spoke like tears. We walked like tears. And Lord, we realize that being a tear is useless to you. And we want to be useful to you. So we ask that you replant within us the right seed, the seed of the gospel, the seed of grace, the seed of salvation, the seed of renewal, Jesus. Father God, so that we may be used by you so that we may not repel others on the outside who want to come to you. But we want to make this church a seeker-friendly church. So God, replant within us that seed. 
Make us weak today. And Lord, I pray for the ones I saw stand up who have been on the outside and who may not be uh, courageous enough to come forward, Lord God. I pray for them right there where they stand. And I ask that you continue to work in them, O oh God. Continue to fill them with your Holy Spirit. Continue to call their name. Jesus, transform their lives. Heal them, O oh God, where they've been broken. So that when the harvest has come, we won't be gathered up to be burned, but we will be gathered together to be burned in glory. Lord, that is our earnest plea. That is our earnest desire, oh God to live for you. So I pray, oh God, make us over. Renew us, oh God. Regenerate us, oh God. Shape us according to your likeness. Mold us, Lord God, so we may look like Christ. We will fail not to give you all the glory and all the honor due to your most excellent name. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Now, everyone, I want you to stay tuned uh, this evening. What time do we assemble here? 7 o'clock. We want to see everybody on time. Now, uh, for those of you that want to see a little treat, uh, we had uh, nine saints traveled to the motherland. And uh, they weren't dodging any bullets or bombs or anything like that, right? But uh, Sister Perkins and Sister Hodge and, uh, um, and Sister Branch and all the others, you went down and you had a great time. If you had a great time in uh, the motherland, as they say, right, I want you to wave your hand, right? The nine ladies, Sister, all right. <laughs> uh, you didn't have a good time? I want to thank you for that oil that you gave me, right? Uh, it was really nice, Sister Renee. And we are going to be showing some videos. Now, it was giving me a little too um, late, and we couldn't get it together. But we want to show over the next few days, uh, come a little early, we want to show you some sights and scenes from Israel. And I understand that we had some baptism in the Jordan as well, right? 
And so we want to encourage you to come out this evening. Around 6.30, we'll try to show something in. And uh, this evening, we continue March Madness. Invite your friends. Have a good lunch. Go home. Enjoy the sun, the desert sun. Let it soak in. Amen? And come back out this evening. Amen? Let us all stand as we have a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for all that you have done. Lord, you have spoken to your servant this morning. Indeed, Lord, we are determined that we do not want to be tears. We don't want to be burnt up, Lord, but we want to live, Lord. We want to live as wheat, Lord, fruitful agents. I pray, Father, that you'll bless each and every one of us, Lord, that you'll watch over us. Guide us now as we close out this service. I pray, Father, that you will send your angels, the Holy Spirit, to attend to us as we eat, as we fellowship, Lord, and bring us back where we will continue to praise your name. Lord, we claim this week, we pray, Father, as we fight this week, as we struggle this week, over the next 26 days, Lord, may your Holy Spirit show out and show up and that we will see the miracles that you have promised. Bless your people, Lord, and help us to bring our friends out that they will have and we will have a great time in you. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. May God bless you.